tweet at SFM Radio and at Songhezomabete. I wonder what Professor Simone Hanikman will have to say about smoking. To smoke or not to smoke? Prof, are you there? Hi, yes. Are Good you evening. well? Are you well, Prof? I am. I am luckily in this very difficult time uh, as well as can be, working very hard. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm feeling very fortunate that I am, am healthy and well right You're now. not a smoker, are you? Nope, never have been. Excellent. So we don't have to focus on this previous conversation. Let's talk then about this platform that you have launched to help young mothers struggling with COVID-19. Talk to us about that. Message for Mothers, M4M. Messages for Mothers is, uh, is a coming together of several organizations um, that's just evolved naturally. Um, there are a group of us, um, my own organization, the Perinatal Mental Health Project, there's the organization called Embrace, there's an organization called Elife Labantwana, and then um, there's an organization called Grow Great, and we all work with mothers and children in the development space. And um, in various forms, we each have a different focus, but we realized that with the crisis of, of COVID, there, there was a lack of, of information that was specifically targeted for mothers and their children. And while um, on the whole, uh, women who are mothers and young children seem to be at much lower risk of the problems of COVID-19, um, it, they are at a much higher risk than many other parts of the population with respect to the social and and economic and mental health um, consequences of, of the crisis. So we thought we needed to get together and think about a way in which we can provide messages that on the one hand are supportive, but on the, one, on, on the other hand give evidence-based clear communication and information about about the illness, about what what can be done, about useful helplines, useful resources, so that um, the mothers and parents out there can have a have a sense um, of what what can be done to keep themselves healthy physically um, and and mentally. Do you make a distinction in this messages for mothers between single mothers or women in households? No. In other words, with a mother and father. No, um, we are targeting mothers, but also parents. So we have four pillars that we, we're working on in terms of our messaging. The one is on physical health for mothers and children. And, and you know, we're not, just, we're not excluding other caregivers of children. So we're very well aware that um, there are a whole range of other caregivers that are possible who are involved in looking after children. So we're not excluding them in our messages at all. But our focus is mothers. So, so the one pillar is on physical health um, for, um, for mothers themselves and for them understanding their children's physical health. Then the other pillar is on mental health and included in that um, we've got messages on gender-based violence. We have a, we have a pillar on mindfulness, um, which has been developed um, bespoke for a South African an audience. And then we have a pillar on parenting, which which we're trying to, to grow right now, which has been sort of the last pillar that we've added to our, our messaging. Fantastic. 
COVID-19 specifically, of course, is just changing the game for everybody. But what makes mothers, young mothers in particular, that much more vulnerable, such that you have to develop these physical health, mental health, mindfulness and parenting pillars for the purposes of them dealing with their babies in these times of COVID? It's an excellent question. Well, we know that even before COVID came about, um, mothers are a high-risk group in terms of um, the common mental health challenges, um, especially in South Africa. So um, mothers in South Africa have about a one in five, maybe as much as a one in three chance of having depression and or anxiety during pregnancy um, or in that first year after birth. Um, And then when you add uh, the strain of COVID-19, you add the social isolation that often happens with it, you add the food insecurity that is escalated, Mm. you add um, the fact that people are disconnected um, from their usual support systems, um, that there's a lot of, there's an escalation of violence in, in homes because people are are highly stressed um, from from an economic point of view, from a social point of view, um, and they're cooped up together. Um, Those kind of risk factors for for mental health problems are just um, enormously increased at this time. So those are the risk factors that that are there anyway prior to COVID. But COVID has just emphasized these, and it's, and it's emphasized that for women who are living in poverty and women who are living um, with violence in particular, all of those experiences are, are just that much more acute. That much more acute they are, but even if abracadabra COVID was a thing of the past tomorrow it still wouldn't take away the need for these pillars because these are social problems that every society is engulfed with but perhaps as you have said has simply become more pronounced by COVID-19 so this is clearly a long-term strategy yes exactly Um, my own organization's um, prime mission is to is to look at uh, at developing different ways to integrate mental health care into standard practice of care um, for platforms that are, are working with mothers and children. So within the health system in particular, we're looking at developing and testing models mm. that when women are receiving um, their maternity care or their child care, that they can get um, mental health care and social support at the same time yes. in a one-stop shop um, scenario. So that's what, we've, that's what we've devoted the last 18 years of our, our existence to um, as an organization um, through, through advocacy work, but also through, through um, the modeling and, and delivering of, of services themselves and through training of care providers, of, of, of health workers and, and through advocacy work, policy development. The partners or those who are somehow related to these young mothers, this is a question around them and how they need to equally adjust. I was reading just this morning a post on Facebook about a young lady who's left or who was in the rural areas of the Eastern Cape, I think it was, just before the ban or the lockdown was announced, so she couldn't get out in time. And, of course, because she's at the in-laws' place and on the family of the in-law, extended family is all there, being the mug or she is expected to do, including but not limited to, 
be a mother to her infant babies who are twins younger than two years of age. Mm. She's expected to cook and clean and otherwise provide for everybody else. She's expected to be a wife once the lights turn off by the husband. Now, that woman took to Facebook to ventilate her sheer frustration. Yeah. Of all the losers there, one can imagine the babies are the losers, the twins, as well as her. And right now, Messages for Mothers is especially designed for people like that because she's only there because of COVID and the lockdown and the consequences of being there is what she was really ventilating. Yeah. I mean, that's a fascinating story. I mean, the research shows that in... in um, in many parts of Asia, and in fact in other and in, in other countries in Africa, where um, women are are sometimes um, enslaved in a way in their in-laws' homes, and and have their control and their power taken away from them as parents, as as women, um, that that in itself is a very very strong. Um, risk factor for for these women experiencing quite severe depression and anxiety when one takes away somebody's control mm. um, and once their sense of agency people can become extremely distressed um, we are struggling with our messages at the moment are, are predominantly on um, digital platforms sure and we are really trying Access. very hard to think about how these messages can be disseminated to the women um, such like the one you've just spoken about, who live in the rural Eastern Cape, who may not have a smartphone, who are certainly not having enough funds to, to get the kind of data that they may need to listen to our podcasts or to look at our graphics. So we're trying very, very hard right now to try and, and work on a campaign to get these messages through radio because many people mm. still are able to listen to radio, and we're hoping that we'll be able to to cover a much bigger proportion of the country this way with, the, with these kinds of messages. We're also working, our messages are mostly translated into five or four different languages, and we're wanting to extend that and to ensure that they are um, appropriate from a sort of cultural and contextual point of view and that they speak to people in the rural Eastern Cape Indeed. or in rural Limpopo or Indeed. in central Gauteng. I'll give you 30 seconds just to reply then. I suppose the more you speak about the challenges young mothers face, specifically the story that I just narrated, in 20 seconds, this is especially then the case for us men and those who are relatives and related to the young mother to be especially em empathetic and supportive. Exactly. And don't underestimate the power of kindness and empathy, as you just as you just mentioned, sometimes um, the partners and the family members need to just sit five seconds and, and listen to the mother and and to also practically help support with the practicalities of mothering. Excellent. I've got to go, Prof. I've got to go. We're going to be cut by the advert, but we appreciate your time.